Back with another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast here at JC Online through SoundCloud. Mike Carmen, beat writer for Purdue Sports. Uh, after Purdue's 81-69 victory at Indiana, uh, capped a four, capped a stretch of four straight road games. I was getting ready to say a four-game road trip, which sounds like the NBA, which it wasn't. It was uh, four games on the road over 17 days, but still, it's not something that Big Ten teams or any other college basketball teams do in conference play. So it was that it was unique in that way and challenging in another way. And the fact that Purdue finished the four-game stretch at 2-2, two and two, winning the last two after losing the first two, um, probably says a lot about where they're at right now uh, as a team, in my opinion. I think that um, you've seen some growth. You've seen some maturity. You've seen uh, a team that was... Uh, really young in in spots at the beginning of the year start to grow up and handle situations differently in game 14 as opposed to game two or three uh, and that's that's part of play, playing a season and and I, and I think we've we've seen that the last couple games or at least the last um, game and a half. I'm not sure how much of that happened in the first half at Michigan State, but uh, Purdue had, you know, picked itself up after that game and came into Indiana and got its three-point shooting going and kind of that, to me, that kind of dictated things and then they got Travion Williams going again. Um, and Purdue puts up 81 points. You know, I, I didn't necessarily think Purdue's defense was all that all that great. Um, Indiana had nine turnovers. I think Purdue had three steals. So, you know, defensively there were some breakdown and some some some, some things that happened that they they need to improve on. But Purdue was really good on the offensive end, uh, especially from the three-point line. And I I really thought that was the key to getting them off and going. You know, Brandon Newman hit a couple threes early. Um, Eric Hunter Jr. hit three threes out of the gate. Um, And then things just started kind of falling for for Purdue from that that, uh, area. You you know, you remember there there were three... 3 to 24 against Michigan State and Michigan State guarded them really well. Um, you know, I think Purdue was probably just more in a position ready to ready to shoot uh, against the Hoosiers and you know, and they went in and it just it kind of fed and it was a domino effect and all those kind of things that happened and I just really thought that that set the tone for the game for Purdue. It allowed the inside game to open up, and then Travion did his business in the second half. Uh, and, you know, Purdue hit free throws, all those kind of things that you need to happen. But there were, you know, a couple other things that happened in this game that didn't happen in other road games. 
and that was when the turnovers started to come, you know, against Rutgers and Illinois, and Purdue had a lead, and then they didn't have a lead, and they could never get it back. Well, tonight, they, they had they had a double-digit lead. Indiana kept whittling away late in the first half. Uh, Purdue was turning the ball over. Uh, it kind of limped its way into halftime with a four-point lead after having a nine-point lead. But some silly turnovers led to that. Then the second half, you know, they get a little bit of a lead. IU comes back. Purdue starts to turn the ball over again. But I think at that point, and there were some crazy, like, this stupid throw-the-ball-around turnovers that Purdue had. Like, you know, they just got crazy. Like, they put their finger in a light switch and just got all electrocuted and start throwing the ball around. And, I mean, they were just like, you know, Mitch Trubisky doesn't throw these kind of bad passes. Uh, that's how bad the passes were. Uh, and they were, you know, they were going out of bounds and all that kind of stuff. But Purdue lost its composure during that stretch, but quickly regained it, something they didn't do uh, against Rutgers and Illinois. You know, and that has to be a sign of, of, of growth for this team to be able to to regain its composure because you go you go through stretches and games where you just nothing goes right for you, can't hit a shot, or you you go through stretches of turnovers. And it's all about just reacting and getting yourself back going. And Purdue, I think for the first time on the road, did that. In the road on the Big Ten, at least. Where they were able to, you know, regain themselves, get the ball in the right person's hands and make a play or make a stop or get a rebound or whatever they needed to do so um I think you know that was a that was that's that was a really good sign for this team to be able to to handle that part of it um as they move on in the season and you know it's still you know you're still young guys are still playing but um, you know, if you look at what the young guys did tonight, you know, you look at at least four of the five had some really good contributions. You know, Jade Nivey hit a couple threes. He had, he had 13 points. He took four shots and scored 13 points. It's pretty, pretty efficient. Mason Gillis was all over the place. Good production from the rebounding standpoint. I think he had seven points, but couple more hustle plays for him. Um, Ethan Morton stepped up and hit a three when IU was making a run in the second half. You know, Brandon Newman hit his free throws, you know, in the last six minutes. Zach Eady did have a good game, but just his presence is still a a big deal to teams that they have to deal with. Um, And this was their first kind of rivalry game. This is the the first game that they're playing IU that they're on the floor. So you got you have to give credit to the young kids for not being um, overwhelmed by the moment uh, in a rivalry game. Now, 
again, you don't have fans there. Uh, maybe it's a little different with with fans there as they're they're yelling and screaming, and you know it gets really loud in that place, just like it gets loud in Mackey. Uh, so you don't. But the fact that they reacted the way they they did, I think, is a positive. And I think we've seen them react that way throughout the year. I mean, these are these are young players that seem to have the right mental makeup to to handle those situations. And I think they've they've demonstrated that throughout the year. But I I, I am really curious when when crowds start to get back into the arenas. Probably not until next year. Is just how. You know, how will they handle it then? And same way when visiting teams come to Mackey Arena as well. But, you know, Purdue did a lot of good things tonight uh, from the standpoint of, of hitting some free throws, you know, obviously hitting their three-pointers, playing through Travion Williams again, and, you know, able to beat Indiana for the eighth straight time. Uh, that hasn't happened for Purdue since the late 1920s through the 1930s when they won nine in a row against the Hoosiers. You know, Purdue has won five straight games at Assembly Hall. Only Wisconsin has done that. So Purdue and Wisconsin are the only teams in America, and this would only apply to the Big Ten because uh, they would get a lot of opportunities. You're not not playing the same non-conference team at home every year. but Wisconsin and Purdue are the only two programs in the Big Ten and in the nation to go into Assembly Hall and win five straight times. Um, and that's quite quite an accomplishment if, if you truly understand uh, the home court advantage that Indiana has enjoyed over the years, similar to the home court advantage that Purdue has enjoyed uh, over the year, but right now Purdue is owning this series. But you know it can change quickly. Another game is coming up at the end of the regular season at Mackey Arena. Uh, Purdue has a lot of things still to iron out. We're not yet at the halfway point of the Big Ten season, but you can see you can see this thing starting to come together uh, from Purdue standpoint where. Um, you know, maybe maybe they can achieve some bigger things uh, this season, um, and I still don't think that they should be considered a contender uh, for the regular season championship. But you keep winning, you keep beating teams on the road like they're doing, and then all all of a sudden you are you find yourself in the mix and. And the fact that they finished this four-game road swing uh, with a win, with two wins, back-to-back wins, I think adds another layer of confidence to this team uh, that they believe that they can they can keep this going. And now they face another tough stretch in terms of opponents, because it's the Big Ten, but also in terms of number of games in a short period of time. They'll play their first home game since Christmas Day on Sunday against Penn State. Penn State's coming off 
uh, an 11-day pause of activities due to COVID uh, issues in their program. They haven't played since December 30th. Uh, And you wonder how sharp they're going to be on Sunday. Obviously, Purdue has a lot of momentum going into that game. But the Big Ten then rescheduled the Ohio State game, which was on for January 27th. They moved it up to January 19th, uh, two days after the Penn State game, and giving Purdue one day to prepare for Ohio State. Ohio State will have two days to prepare for Purdue because they play on Saturday uh, at Illinois. You know, what that all means, you know, you, you play every other day in the NCAA tournament, uh, but I know part of the scheduling parameters for the Big Ten has been to have at least two days to prepare. Now, and then Purdue after Ohio State on Tuesday, they will host Michigan on Friday. So counting the Indiana game, Purdue's going to play four games in nine days, or if you want to start your stretch on Sunday, it'll be three games in six days. Uh, regardless how you slice it up, you know they've got a uh, they've got a grueling stretch coming up. Now they're going right now, as of now, they have a gap between January 22nd, the Michigan game at home, and the January 30th game against Minnesota at home. I believe that's home, but there's an eight-day gap there. The thought process is that the Big Ten will probably stick uh, the Nebraska game somewhere in that window, somewhere in that week uh, between the Michigan game and the Minnesota game, but I don't believe they can do it right now. Uh, This is a pure guess on my standpoint. I don't believe they can do it right now because Nebraska's program is on pause, so you don't you don't know exactly when they're going to be coming off pause, and then you need you need to give them some days. You know, I guess in Penn State's case, they were off for 11 days, um, and they will have. I assume they had Thursday, Friday, Saturday to get ready. Maybe Wednesday. Uh, so maybe they had they had at least three, maybe four days to get ready. You you know how many how many days are you going to give Nebraska? to get ready so Purdue could end up playing a couple of games in a tight tight window again uh, toward the end of the month but I would think that they would try to put that Nebraska game in there uh, probably on a Wednesday uh, that Wednesday of that week uh, if, if they can uh, so that's Purdue has a gap there right now but I would assume that uh, that gap will be filled by by, by that postponement that happened on January 5th, uh, which, you know, would help Purdue. And I do believe playing these four straight road games benefited Purdue. Now, when you, and it, you know, and you also have to remember, they, it didn't start out to be four straight road games because Big Ten doesn't schedule that way. It got to four straight road games because the Nebraska game was postponed. But once that Nebraska game was postponed, you knew you were playing four straight road games. You know, to be honest, you're just trying to get out of there with a win. Get one win out of that, out of those games. You'd already dropped two uh, to Rutgers, Illinois, so you couldn't get those back. Um, 
So you were either trying to win Michigan State or win the Indiana game uh, just to get one. And now they've gotten two, and I think they're better for it, for playing on the road in those two games, for, for, you know, playing during this stretch. You know, I think it will help them. It definitely favors them from a scheduling standpoint. Um, As they get to the second half of the season, because by moving the Ohio State game now, Purdue will play six of its first eight games in the Big Ten on the road. Meaning that the second half of the schedule is going to have more home games to it than road games. And the whole goal is just, you know, basically survive on the road and take care of your business at home. And if Purdue can get to the halfway point, maybe with one more road win, you know, that sets them up pretty well for the second half of the season, in my opinion. Now, they still have to take advantage of it. It's still a team that has, you know, a smaller margin for error. But I think, you know, I think the thing that they've done now is put themselves in position to kind of control where they finish in the Big Ten um, going into that second half of the season. I mean, they they definitely regain control of kind of their own situation now. And if they can... um, if they can uh, you know, maybe squeeze out another road win before you know you get to the second half, then I think that sets them up nicely uh, to, to continue to play well, get some momentum, and then hit the Big Ten tournament in a, with, a, with a pretty good seed and with a chance uh, to solidify yourself in the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, who knows what happens after that. But anyway, it's a big win for Purdue at Indiana. You know, they keep their streak going against the Hoosiers. They'll finish off the four-game, you know, road swing with a win, with back-to-back wins. And now they get to play a home game and, uh, you know, see if they can continue to to build on what what they've done here these last couple games and, you know, continue to put themselves in a in a good position to, to, to get a – to get a really good seed in the Big Ten tournament and also kind of play themselves into the NCAA tournament um, and getting in a good position there. But that's it's a long way off. It's mid-January. we still got still got a long way to go for all that stuff. But, you know, as of now, I think you should feel good about where Purdue's at and what it uh, potentially could do uh, the rest of the year. Appreciate you stopping by. Uh, again, Purdue's back in action on Sunday. Uh, still a expecting some movement on the uh, defensive coordinator position uh, for Purdue at the end of this week. Uh, thought it might happen by now, but it hasn't. Um, we'll kind of see where that goes. Uh, but check jconline.com or uh, the Twitter machine to kind of see what's going on in that in that uh, in that area. Um, and you know, hopefully uh, football can get itself uh, uh, straightened out here as they go into spring practice. Still a couple players on the undecided list, or at least they haven't acknowledged what they're going to do uh, 
heading into next year, a couple seniors. I, you know, again, I've said this before. I don't believe Lorenzo Neal's coming back. I think Anthony Watts is the only question mark uh, uh, with the returning seniors. As of right now, I think there are three. Jackson Anthrop, Greg Long, and Samisi Fakasiki uh, are coming back from a, from a senior standpoint. Everybody else is either going out to the NFL or just getting on with their lives. Uh, but we're still waiting officially on Lorenzo Neal, but I don't expect him to come back. And then Anthony Watts would be the other one that I think is still um, is still deciding or still waiting or who knows, maybe doing the paperwork as we speak and uh, is coming back or not coming back. You know, uh, But as soon as we know, we'll, we'll pass it along to you. And hopefully over the next few days or the next week, Jeff Brom can fill out his coaching staff and then turn our attention to what might happen in the spring. Appreciate you stopping by. Uh, Have a good day.